and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Else's spider sense tingling. Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, and it's telling me that actually candy corn is not the worst candy ever. Everyone is wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll discuss. But well, there's not much to discuss. <laughs> we're on the same page here. Think, yeah, we're not going to discuss. Anyway, <laughs> we of course would like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Katie, Jason, Zoe, James, Keith, Cody, and David. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, hey. Hey. Doug, guess what's happening? The um, bad guys are still getting broughten. They're still bringing it. They're getting broughten. <laughs> broughten. You know what's funny? Okay, what? I was I was listening to um the episode that came out last week, today, yeah. the day that we're recording this, and uh-huh. you ended up by being like talking about the bad guys are going to be like dancing or something. Yeah. And I thought you were making a bring it on reference, but they're cheerleaders, no. not dancers. Right. I wasn't, I was not referencing uh, that. I was referencing the movie that spoofs um, one of the, is it step up movies or something? Oh. Isn't that where the, Oh, it's already been Broughton comes from. Oh. It's like actually a spoof movie. I thought, oh, that is, that's where the Broughton line comes from. It is a spoof movie. I don't remember. It's probably it, still a cheerleader who says it, though. Yeah, it's still a cheerleader. I think it might be like, it, is it not a, it's a, not another teen movie that does that? Because mm. I think I, cause I, I think have, it is. Because I did. Cause so I, it's not a, a dance spoof. Yeah, because there's a lot of those that I didn't watch because most of them are dog shit, but not another teen right. movie was one that I did see. Yeah. And I remember that joke being in it. So, yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was to directly a Bring It On parody. Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. Have you have you seen Bring It On? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I thought yeah. so. I'm just making no, sure. I mean, it's worth asking. It, it, it fits yeah. right into where I normally would not have seen something. So. Yeah. But yeah. no, that one I've definitely seen. I'm gay, love, you know? Love, yeah, love bringing up gay. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst, Elijah Dushku. How can you go wrong, man? Right. <laughs> and so many more. Yeah, and Gabriel, Gabriel Union. Right. Yep. Yeah, truly. Yeah, so here's the welcome to Bring It On cast where we yeah. recap all the Bring It On movies. <laughs> did you know they did like a horror, like a slasher movie, Bring It On recently? No. Like one of the sequels. I mean, you know. Wait, like an video. actual sequel? It was an official sequel. I mean, yeah, those movies. I mean, I know there's the like chain. a ton of sequels now. Wait, yeah. but like, it's this like is a, intriguing to me because if they've gone off movie. the chain, like in a in like almost ridiculous over the top way i feel like i'm kind of into that yeah it's bring it on cheer or die and it came out in 2022 <laughs> it's becoming self-aware yeah <laughs> the bad I mean, sequels are becoming self-aware it, this could be like a chucky trajectory you never know i wouldn't be mad about it and then eventually they do like a reunion movie where they where they cross over some of the sequel characters with like Kirsten dunst <laughs> returning yeah. you know yeah um uh, that's could yeah could be really fun uh wow it aired on it was a sci-fi channel original movie that's so Ooh, funny wow. uh, or i guess it wasn't it was a it premiered on sci-fi but it was straight to video wow i think we do have to do a bring it on podcast now <laughs> it sounds like it <laughs> <laughs> if only i hadn't seen it because then we could just do what we did with blade and watch it uh, yeah because yeah. one of us hadn't seen it yeah mm. Mm. 
Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> We're talking about Spider-Man, if you can believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're talking about those bad guys who keep bringing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are talking about Marvel Spider-Man 2017, Season 2, Episode 8, entitled Bring on the Bad Guys, Part 3. <laughs> I deliver the spider. I get the biggest candy bag of all. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, dangling spider <laughs> with a bag full of goodies to go splat. Should have designed a creepometer for the open house. <sighs> this guy would measure off the charts. Another treat? All you give out is tricks. Oh no, <laughs> this is a treat for me. Candy corn. Being followed. Whoever you are, I know you're out there. Let me guess, another bad guy I've never heard of. Amateur gadget party? Am I supposed to be impressed? <laughs> A smokescreen? Really? Okay, in terms of senses, you've covered sight, sound, and touch. Why did you do that? Why would you save an enemy? Uh, it's kind of implied in the hero part, you know, after the word super. I can't take in someone who just saved my life. That isn't your regular costume, is it? Because I think it's making everyone uncomfortable. The synopsis per IMDb is, Spider-Man faces off against his most bizarre bad guy yet, Jack-O-Lantern. Semicolon, he turns Prowler, <laughs> a reluctant villain, to the side of heroes when he helps him save his brother. I, I I don't know. Original air date was August 6, 2018. Uh, this episode was written by Gavin High Knight, who we have not talked about before. Hig Knight or High Knight, I'm not really sure. Um, mm -hmm. But but he's a new writer for us. Uh, he works mostly in Netflix animes right now. Um, he's an executive producer on the Tekken Bloodline Whoa. anime show on Netflix and the upcoming Gundam Requiem for Vengeance. Oh, my God. So he works on the coolest sounding shows ever. Yeah, I mean, like big, <laughs> big uh, properties to work on too. So yeah. it's pretty cool. He's also, you know, prior to this show, he'd written episodes of Iron Man: Armored Adventures, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, and Star Wars Resistance. He worked on the 2013 Ninja Turtles. I think uh, quite a few episodes on that, um, along with tons of like Transformers series, various Lego, Marvel, and Transformers specials. So he's kind of all over all over like the 2000s era of animation pretty much on every major franchise to be honest yeah makes sense yeah <laughs> on the episode was directed by soul Choi. i almost forgot to mention him because we mentioned him all the time because he directs <laughs> so many episodes <laughs> yes we do get some characters uh introduced here like the synopsis said and just like this four-parter is want to do uh, mm -hmm. honestly uh, we get Jack-O-Lantern, who's voiced by Boo Boo Stewart. He depicts Jay, the son of Jafar, in the Descendants franchise. Hmm. Uh, he's also Seth Clearwater in the Twilight films. Uh, and he was Warpath in X-Men Days of Future Past. We also briefly mentioned him before because he voiced the character Exile in Marvel Rising Chasing Ghosts when we did that sort of Halloween special on the Ghost Spider Marvel Rising episodes. Who is Exile? <laughs> I don't, I, don't <laughs> I feel like I have a vague memory of like a guy in like blue armor and I don't remember what his powers were, but he's a, he is one of the baddies. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I remember the name, yeah. but I don't remember the dude, but okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Since then though, he has 
uh, appeared as a regular and eventually main cast member on the Freeform series Good Trouble. Cool. Um, Never heard so, of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it went like five seasons. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Love when that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we do get a prowler here and it is confirmed that it is Hobie Brown. He is voiced by Nathaniel J. Potvin, uh, who portrayed the technopath main character Ryan Walker on the Disney XD series Mech X4, which is about four teenagers who have to pilot a giant mech to stop Kaiju from destroying the city. And somehow, despite it being basically an American Toku series, I've never heard of this show. Yeah, me either. You're kind of blowing my mind right now. Yeah, like, this is I feel like I need to watch it. Yeah. I feel like we need to revive the After Dark commentaries just for this show. How the fuck was there like a Toku show in Amer- like an American Toku I don't know. show that just never got on our radar? If I think if the heroes transformed in some way, mm. it absolutely would have crossed our paths, but I don't think they do. In fact, I'm pretty yeah. confident, like 90% sure they don't. It's probably more of a Pacific, ri- Pacific yeah. Rim ripoff thing, because I saw it was in like 2016, so like yeah. that that timing would have been perfect. So that's it's probably more riffing on that, which is still yeah. like Toku adjacent, and yeah. like, you know, a kaiju thing. So I'm still surprised. And the fact that nobody in any of the circles that I'm right. in ever has talked about it since then leads me to believe that maybe it wasn't very good well sure i'm still just surprised because like there are people in our circles who will talk about like and and no judgment i've watched some of them too but like developmental age tv shows that are like clearly sentai inspired Mm -hmm. simply because they're sentai inspired so like it's just shocking to me that this has never never come across uh our paths fascinating Nathaniel Potvin was also part of the main cast on a Kerry Washington produced series on Facebook watch called five points that lasted, I think two seasons. <laughs> I didn't know Facebook watch lasted long enough for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was surprising to me as well. Okay. This, um, this is so weird, Doug. This isn't yeah. like, this is barely related, but like, this is the second time in two weeks that Facebook watch has come up on a podcast that I have recorded. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't remember bringing it up before, No, but it's still like, but like what there were barely any, like a, a, a gimmicks episode that's yet to come out. Uh, um, one of the, I think writers on, on that episode, like was like worked on the Limetown adaptation that was on yeah. Facebook. Huh? And it's just like, I didn't think there would be enough Facebook, shows to have existed for the brief time that that existed right for it to come up on a podcast twice so close to each other <laughs> i don't know man it's weird. weird i watched exactly one episode of a single show on facebook watch yeah and that was the real world revival on mm. facebook watch and i didn't watch any more of it so i i watched the first episode of limetown because i was a fan of that podcast but it was such a miserable experience trying to watch something on Facebook watch. That Terrible. Do it again. It was so Horrible bad. interface. Yeah. Terrible user experience. Yeah. Um, we also get Hobie's brother, Abraham, uh, who is voiced by OG banks. We've talked about him a whole bunch because he's the voice of power man, AKA Luke cage and ultimate Spider-Man. Um, we get a silver main. This is maybe our third silver main that we've talked about. I think so. Um, yeah. And he's voiced by Nolan North, and somehow I don't think we've ever formally talked about Nolan That's North. That's wild. I, really? I, I mean, uh, I feel like we have, but I couldn't find an instance of him voicing a character we've talked about. Um, so I don't yeah. know. That's really weird. He's popped I, up on shows that we've done on Patreon, I sure. think, is part of it. But that I guess officially on the main feed, he's never popped it's up. That is wild. Also possible 
I, I'm I'm trusting I'm trusting search uh, like the search function on all of our show note documents. I'm yeah. trusting that, but it's also possible he voiced something on like one of those, you know, uh, like anime or something where it's like a bazillion characters oh, and a bazillion voice sure. actors. Yeah, but I can't think of who he would have voiced, so I'm not really sure. Interesting. Um. Anyway, he's pretty legendary. Um. He's yeah. particularly well known for voice roles in video games. Uh, he's Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series. Uh, he's Desmond in the Assassin's Creed series. Penguin in the Arkham series. Tony Stark in Marvel's Avengers, and so many more. Um. And like, there are so many recognizable voices in video games that yes, you thought of one that I didn't mention. I'd have to mention like a hundred voices to get all of his like recognizable, notable video game voices. It's like stupid how many. He also uh, has done plenty in animation. He voices several characters in Wolverine and the X-Men, including Cyclops and Colossus. He is Superboy, Superman, and many other characters in Young Justice. He voices Krang in the the 2010s uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Uh, and we will eventually cross paths with him again in Ultimate Spider-Man as the voice of John Jameson. Interesting. So there's a fun tease. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Lots of characters here. Yeah. And lots of very interesting credits to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this uh, the, this opening of our episode has been a little bit unhinged, actually. Eh, whatever. <laughs> cool with them here. The fourth yeah. Yeah. We're both it was tired still only about shit. 10 minutes or so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I mean, you know, this episode is just, this episode is, is fun and weird and unhinged too. It's certain yeah. Ways, so. And it kind of flies to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really um, does. Especially this first part. I mean, the episode opens with a barely dressed Spider-Man in the middle of a familiar predicament. He mm-hmm. has managed to catch a bus that has careened off of the Brooklyn bridge. But <laughs> as a result, he is hanging between it and the bridge hands full of webbing, trying to save some passengers on the bus as a villain who flies around and throws bombs at him. In this case, Jack-O-Lantern taunts (laughs) him and hacks at Spidey's webbing. So we've seen this. Usually it's not Jack-O-Lantern. Usually it's a goblin. (laughs) I mean, Jack-O-Lantern in this episode is basically just a green goblin, essentially, Uh, which I'm not mad about because, you know, the show doesn't have like a classic green goblin. So they kind of get to have their cake and eat it, too, by having Mm -hmm. Jack-O-Lantern fill the role of your classic, like hammy, like 60s, 70s era Green Goblin, you know, yeah, without having to have any of the dark stuff attached to it, which is kind of fun, which means that he's just a cackling madman who makes Halloween puns and that's it. Nothing else to him. (laughs) And this this four parter is the perfect place to utilize him because this show likes to explain Mm -hmm. superpowers and abilities and like it's very technology based often. Um, and Jack-O-Lantern has a fucking flaming Jack-O-Lantern head that we see him light on fire. And there is no explanation needed because it only is like a third of the episode. He's just yeah. a bizarre fucking villain um, mm-hmm. that otherwise wouldn't really fit into this show. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, you do. And we had to go like too deep onto the character or whatever, you know, before we really started talking about it. But like one thing I, I noticed in this episode and the next one is that like despite these like quick introductions to villains and like quick stories and like really intentionally like almost zero depth to the villains they're throwing out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 
there's we still got like a motivation for every single one of them. Yeah. Sometimes they're silly, but like we yeah. know Jack O' Lantern's motivation is because he wants to make his lair more spooky. He wants that yeah. money to make his lair spooky and make that money to do that. So like, and that's like, yeah, okay, I believe you based on what you've shown me of this guy. He wants to make money to buy Halloween decorations. Yeah, checks out. <laughs> like, Simple motivation. That. They don't overcomplicate <laughs> his characterization. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's fun. great. I would I would be perfectly pleased to see him again in basically <laughs> the exact same yeah. role. <laughs> yeah. Like he gets out and causes more trouble. Like I would love it. Yeah, and Boo Boo Stewart's so fucking fun. Seriously. I would have never guessed that was him. Yeah. Um I guess maybe I can hear it, but like He's just having fun. It's uh, you know, like he's mm-hmm. he's definitely fucking acting. The cackle is is really good, and yeah. it's like he's doing. He reminds me of. You remember when we were watching the '60s show, and it was the like the Fly Twins, and the way yeah. that they they sounded like they were legit like on drugs because they were constantly <laughs> laughing yeah. at everything that they were saying. Yeah, he's like that. Where he's like, there's constantly like a laugh or a cackle beneath yeah. every single line that he's delivering, whether mm-hmm. it's like a funny pun or not. Cause he's just having the time of his life and, or just an unhinged individual, probably yeah. both a little bit of both, a little bit of both, but like, it's so fun. He's just having a great time. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. This is great. Yeah. He's yeah. great. And he has a really cool scythe. I don't, I remember him having like gobliny gadgets I'm not super familiar with Jack Lantern, but we read one comic that had him in it, I and I'm trying to remember if there was a scythe. But this one's cool. It's I like a re- weird yeah. sort of flaming energy scythe thing. I don't know if he had it in the comic that we were we were reading, or if I'm like remembering it from other places. But I feel like he has had a scythe in other iterations before. But either way, yeah, I I think that's it's such a nice addition because because this one is such a silly a silly guy who is mm-hmm. throwing literal caramel apple bombs like yeah. to then give him a scythe that is like scary and dangerous yeah. it's a fucking scythe being wielded like i love that i love that that contrast yeah it's fantastic yeah spider-man remarks that every villain seems to be after him which we know um but you you know they set it up at the beginning of every episode mm-hmm. um and jack ultimately does get through the webbing so spider-man has to save the bus passengers um he kind of just like uh what does he say he uses the bus's momentum in his favor and just basically like pulls himself faster than the bus i don't know whatever he webs him out of the bus yeah, exactly. everybody's safe bus crashes <laughs> into the river you know yeah it, it it's spider-man out. stuff yeah just yeah. spidey things just spidey things. <laughs> he always he always just catching buses that are falling yeah. off of bridges. Yeah. 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 I commented on that. Yeah. Last week, I guess, was the Anya introduction about like the music in that yeah. episode. Yeah. And this one was so funny is that we said all that. And, you know, and the music, again, is still never amazing in the show. But Jack-O-Lantern gets like his own little theme. Like he it has like a like almost like a Nightmare Before Christmas kind of riff with like chorus, like a chorus like qu- or choir kind yeah, of yeah. voices in the background. And I'm like, I love it. I like the, the, the little bit of the Jack-O-Lantern theme we hear is nice. But how come Jack Lantern gets a theme, but Anya didn't get and a theme? And not one of your spider heroes. I don't understand. So weird. Such an yeah. odd choice. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hoping for the best for her in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spider-Man gets the passengers to safety on the bridge. This is also where we find out why he's just naked, um, mm-hmm. which I missed the first time and was like, oh, I guess they're just not going to explain that. Great. Um, <laughs> second time I watched it, he basically just chalks it up to... 
itching bomb. Yeah, jack-o'-lantern has some sort of industrial st- strength itching powder bomb or something. I like um, the one bystander guy that's sort of like, this is making all of us uncomfortable. I like, know. <laughs> Spider-Man, so his, his like, it's like this 16-year-old body that is like uncomfortably, oh my extremely God. ripped. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would make me I uncomfortable mean, too. <laughs> to be honest, it really does just look like when Tom Holland has his shirt off in the movies, you're like, oh, oh that's, that's right. True. You're not 16. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have a full grown man's body. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that also makes me a little bit uncomfortable when I see that. I'm like, I don't. Yeah. It feels like Uncanny Valley here. I'm not, I'm not right. a fan. <laughs> because he's otherwise believable as a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, also, the big boxers, I know we've discussed it. Oh, I know. Stop Over doing it. It's not real. It's stupid. At the very least, I know they're not going to give them anything that would actually make sense, but like... Boxer are the, briefs, at are, least. Are the boxers even funny anymore? Like, No. <laughs> they don't have hearts on them. That's the classic, yeah. you know? Right. Um, no, some biker shorts you could do. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the passengers are safe, but Jack-O-Lantern continues to attack... Um, Spider-Man flips off in an attempt to lead Jack away from innocent bystanders, but when Jack references the same mysterious benefactor that other villains keep mentioning, Spider-Man's like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to chase him instead. (laughs) Um, And he follows Jack back to Jack's hideout, which is an amazing warehouse that has been decorated with all sorts of Halloween decorations. It's so good. It's really well designed. Yeah. Because it's it's literally just a warehouse that they just yeah. put Halloween. It, it's exactly what it should be. It is just like a factory warehouse thing. Probably a stand, probably like an already yep. drawn background they already had. And they just draw some extra Halloween decorations and plaster them all over. But it's like it's enough and the Halloween decorations they come up with are really well drawn. Yeah. Like the like yes. the were the werewolf drawings and like the Frankenstein's monster mm-hmm. and the witch and stuff. Like it's just like a really it's just like a really cool looking piece of set decoration they have there it's great and what's funny is because they're halloween decorations they can just copy and paste them throughout the warehouse because jack probably has more than one you know like it's meant to be sort of gaudy i mean the the drawings are amazing but like it's meant Mm -hmm. to be sort of gaudy and over the top so they can just you know they can go wild it's 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 fantastic yeah (laughs) (laughs) um What's funny, though, is Spider-Man doesn't get any information on the benefactor, but he does learn that Jack-O-Lantern's motivation is what you were referencing, which is just seemingly just to make his warehouse even cooler and more Halloween themed. So good. So good. Yeah. If he has any other motivation, we never learn it. And I don't want (laughs) to. No, this is enough. I believe it. I believe that this is what he wants. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They do kind of like fight throughout Jack's warehouse. And one of the weapons he uses is like this grenade launcher that launches balls of candy corn that like break (laughs) apart and create a barrage of candy corn i fucking love it it's so fun it's so it's so imaginative yeah it's the kind of thing i mean i i i'm sure that there are points in the comics when it is sort of like what do we do with jack-o'-lantern since we already have green goblin who's also like an iconic halloween center dude who throws pumpkin bombs um but i i do think that like with with green goblin it's sort of the Halloween sort of thing kind of 
fell away after a while as he as he became more and more of a serious villain. Yeah. And so I like that you could have Jack Lantern potentially, and then in this case, absolutely yeah. kind of fill the void of like the gimmick that Green Goblin, when he's taken seriously, doesn't really have anymore. Cause a Halloween themed villain is such a fun, yeah. bonkers idea. Like it is so fun. So much fun you can yeah. have have with it. Like a candy a, like yeah, a bomb full of candy corn. Of course. Like yeah. that's it's so bizarre. It's so fun and silly. I love it. And honestly, with Jack-O-Lantern, because he's a Halloween-themed villain specifically, you basically can have him just do, like, Halloween versions of other villain shtick. Mm. Like, he could have a haunted house, which would basically just be a Mysterio episode. Yeah. But it's Halloween, so why not use Jack-O-Lantern? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many things you could do with him uh, that would just be, like, cool Halloween versions of, of... Good stuff, you know? I yeah, love it. absolutely. Good stuff, um, like candy corn, which is Like good. candy corn. Like shooting uh, a whole huge shrapnel barrage of candy corn directly at me. Yeah, and my question for you, Doug. Yeah. Um, do you have feelings on the different like kinds of candy corn that exist, like the chocolate candy corn or like the pumpkin like marshmallows that are basically – not marshmallows – I don't remember what they're called. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like all of them personally, but I... I dig all of them. I do... If if I had to pick, like, a favorite, it would be the pumpkins. There's something about them that's, like, the right shape and the right size and, like, just the perfect amount of candy coin. They're softer and more... corn. They're softer and a more marshmallowy flavor. Yeah. Yep. I think that's what I like about them. But I did a taste test uh, of two candy corns at work and was so confident I was going to be able to to figure it out based on sight alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a Target brand candy corn versus a Brock's brand candy corn, which oh, is like the standard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got it wrong on sight, but the moment I tasted them, I was like, oh, I know exactly which one Brock's is. Like, it's I so distinct. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Fans of candy corn over here. Yeah, I, I understand... It, it it can be gross if you eat too much of it because it totally. is obviously very uh, uh, not not salty, not spicy. What's the other one? Sweet, sweet. Wow, it's literally brain, only sweet. It's like brain it would... working tonight. Can't <laughs> yeah. think of the word sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean it's so like I... honey marshmallow flavored. Like two of the sweetest things that you could possibly put in your mouth. You know, <laughs> right, I right. get it, but right. But I like. I've never had a candy before that's like buttery in the way that that one is. That's yeah, what I love about it so much. It's good. But, yeah, people are r- dumb, wrong, and bad about candy corn <laughs> opinions. Um. Anyway, talk. I love that we're talking like Halloween and like, like you know, all, like Halloween and Thanksgiving, uh, sort of centered things right now when we're recording an episode coming out close to Christmas. Right. Well, we're recording during Hanukkah and an episode that'll (laughs) release right before Christmas, like all the other holidays that aren't the ones we're talking about. Yeah. No, we want, we're talking about the fall, the fall (laughs) holidays. We plan this out perfectly. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it ultimately becomes clear that Jack is not going to provide any information. Uh, So Spider-Man defeats him by, this is horrifying. And I feel like only works because Jack-O-Lantern is like this wild, wacky character that mm-hmm. that warrants no explanation. Mm-hmm. Spider Man like kicks him into a vat of molten like caramel. Yep. Why did I? Say, I've never said caramel that way. Uh, like a vat of like molten caramel, and it like hardens all over him basically. And yeah. Jack O' Lantern is just now like a hardened like caramel coated guy. Yeah. I say caramel, by the way. Uh, so maybe you picked it up from me. Maybe. Um, 
yeah it is slim because it's like and like if you've ever if you ever like me you know maybe tried making caramel and then tasted it before it is properly cooled off it is very hot very very hot when it's when uh, it's uh, yeah. melted <laughs> hot melted caramelized sugar yeah a very particular brand of hot and burning. Um, Jack O' Lantern is not surviving this. No, I used molten for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. Yeah, and then, like what's um it's like Spider Man that after after uh, Jack O' yeah. is like covered in molten caramel that's like hardened over him. Yeah, he like like webs him, but it's like three little shots of webs on him. Like for why? What? What was the Why? reason? <laughs> I almost wonder if it was like an animation thing where like something was meant to be communicated because it, it doesn't make sense. It's he's not like even putting a point on what he's saying. He's just like it's three and they're not even like evenly spaced like web shots. It's nope. just like three just randomly placed web shots on yeah. on the body of a let's be honest, a dead man. Yeah. Um, it's like he's in- spitting on a dead man. Basically <laughs> yeah. what he's doing. He's spitting on a corpse. <laughs> a caramel covered corpse. Yeah. So bizarre. It's such so a fun weird. segment. Such a weird way to end it. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, I love Jack-O-Lantern and all yeah. this was, was just so fun. I honestly, the only complaint is like, he didn't need to be naked. That was just weird. The guy on the bridge was right. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. But I don't other like- than that, everything was great. I don't, yeah, I don't like seeing 16 year old Peter Parker naked. Um, no, it's weird. I also feel like only wearing the mask, gloves, and like shoes is somehow worse. so weird to me. I think so. I think it's I think more so. uncomfortable than if he were just totally naked and only, not totally naked, but like was just wearing the mask, mask and, and underwear. underwear. I feel like, like it would be less weird. I have seen people talk about, hmm. How inappropriate do I want to get? I've seen people talk about finding people being stripped down to nothing but socks. Yes. Feel oh, hotter, that's a thing. Feel hotter than, you know, being totally naked or even just in your underwear. Like, there's something about that extra coverage or, like, socks and shoes, you know? Like, there's something about that extra coverage of, like, partial clothing. I think it's the borderline between clothed and not. Yeah, and there's that still something to take off. Find that really uh, there's a particular level of like sexuality that's in that. Then yeah. so when you see like again 16 year old Peter Parker Spider Man in that yeah. mode, it's like I don't like wearing this. basically socks. It's weird. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that. I don't like it at all. Also, it's something I, I never noticed this about the design of his costume, but like yes. the sort of angle that his yep. the butts the, the butts. Jesus Christ, I hate this conversation. <laughs> old conversation. The, that the boots and gloves. First of all, they're very long, and also yeah. the it's weird angle that they're cut off. Like it matches, you know, where the blue and the red match up. But I just never noticed it. And when he is not wearing the rest of the suit. Like the angle, the angularness almost like stands out and looks even weirder. It was very distracting to me because yeah. I was just thinking like that wouldn't stay up. And I know that doesn't matter. It's such a stupid thing. But I was so distracted by that. So distracted yeah. by that. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Weird weird choice. <laughs> Don't like it. Which that yeah. wasn't part of the episode. Don't do it again. Anybody. At all. <laughs> the only time I can think we possibly would see it again is ultimate. So I think we're in the clear for a while. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, I mean that that kind of wraps up the first segment. So this uh, this this get, brings us to the second segment after the jack o' lantern encounter, where Spider Man suits back up, uh, fully suits back up, so he's not half naked anymore, uh, in an attempt to meet up with Gwen, who's got a special battery Peter needs to complete his own uh, his his open house project. So. Unfortunately, though, before he can travel five blocks, which is nothing, this is how bad and, and desperate the situation yeah. is, he notices he's being followed by, uh, and I quote, let me guess, another bad guy I've never heard of, which I find very, very Love funny. it. It's so a great good. Line. It's just really just calling Beautiful. out like, that's what the, uh, yep, that's what this arc is. Yep. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean that's 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 what's happening, and he's like, I guess I'm gonna have to fight a dude. Uh, so he stops. <laughs> he's he's just like he doesn't even try to escape, and it's just sort of like it's inevitable, it's gonna happen. So he just swings right to where that person is, and it is the show's version of the Prowler. Yeah, hate the costume. It thinks I was just gonna say, bad. what do you think of this costume? Sucks. Hate it. Bad. It's like so boring. It's like it's not even okay. I guess it's like in a vacuum, it's fine. But I think that's my problem with it is that the Prowler costume and so many iterations of it are so cool. And and like I feel like it's easy to make a cool Prowler costume. I feel like it's kind of hard to fuck it up. And they really just make it look like. The same mech suit that any, not even mech suit, the same, just like the same it's, outfit. It's spy gear, any, but colored. Yeah. It's this, it's the spy gear. It's like, it's like what, what plenty of like goons, like yeah. a, of a high tech goons would look like on this show. It's so weird. And they, they lose too much of the green and purple color scheme for one. Um, and the little bit they retain is like on a design that isn't particularly inspired at all. Like you said, it just looks like basic spy gear. There's yeah. no cool eye shape. There's no cool symbol. Like, like Prowler doesn't have to have a superhero outfit with a cape. Like I'm, I, I'm okay with that if you want to go in a direction, but like there is something about the Prowler design that is as much of a departure as some versions have been, have always retained sort of like an interesting, like sort of um, an interesting, like, uh, like kind of angular, like triangular yeah. type of eye shape and like made the blue and uh, the, the purple and green really pop done something claw related with him. Like this well, costume and- has none of that. Prowler has an emblem. Where's the emblem? You know, like Prowler's had so many different costumes that there isn't necessarily like a standard, but there is like some pretty strong iconography there. Mm -hmm. Like you said, with the eyes and, and with the emblem, here's my hope because I also don't like this costume. I think it like doesn't read Prowler at all, except for the colors. My hope is that because I get the sense we'll see Prowler again, that this is like, early version of prowler like homemade suit version of prowler Mm -hmm. um and that we'll get a more you know prowlery prowler costume when he is like you know feeling himself as a hero that's i hope hope. so i really hope so i don't feel like super confident that'll happen but i really hope that's the case it'll make me feel better retroactively if this ends up feeling like the early version or the i i put this together with just like gear I think it's also such a choice to have a show that has Miles Morales as a main character and then oh, yeah. the Prowler and the Prowler is, you know, the OG Hobie Brown version, which I wouldn't have an issue with, but like, I don't know. It's just as Prowler obviously is so even before Spider-Verse came out, Prowler as a character was so tied into Miles and maybe yeah. like probably if the show was made now, Spider-Verse exploded that in the mainstream that they wouldn't dare have a Prowler that that wouldn't inter- that wouldn't be connected to Miles in some way, even more so with like people knowing Hobie now is Spider-Punk too. Like yeah. they I don't think th- I don't think the Hobie Brown Prowler thing would happen in a show like this unless they like merged him with Aaron Davis or whatever. 
but even at this time pre spider verse it still feels like it's just yet another missed opportunity and like signal that it's sort of like yeah miles is in the show but like he's not really that important in this show you know um because there's not really yeah. any reason that this needs to be hobie brown i feel like or if it does then like i feel like they it could have been their introduction to Prowler could have been in a Miles episode or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I would prefer it simply because I do like the connection that he has to Prowler. Uh, but it doesn't bother me necessarily because like that was all established in what was technically a separate universe from Hobie Brown pow- I mean, Prowler. Sure. And sure. in this case we have like such a, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to be like a, a, a like nitpicky nerd about it, but like, we have so many different versions of characters kind of creating a mosaic that is this cast. Cause we have yeah. a Gwen Stacy that we know is going to become a spider woman as opposed to like a classic Gwen Stacy. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it does feel like a mix and match show. The mishmash is fine. I think it's just more of like, it's like yet another thing that could have been a miles thing. That is yeah, that's not, not a not miles, a miles thing, thing. Yeah. <laughs> because this show doesn't want miles to do anything. Really. Yeah. No, so, I look, I would have loved it. I'm with you. <laughs> like, yeah. give Miles literally anything to do, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So this fight with Prowler. Uh, Prowler is had uh, heard rumors of Spider-Man's sixth sense. So he attempts to overwhelm him with a number of gadgets that are uh, intended to obstruct all the other five senses, which is a really clever idea. I think that's yeah. really smart. I like it. Um, yeah. Like stuff. You know. So basically, just like overstimulating him with like you know with light and sound and 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 touch by punching him. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked that one. He <laughs> lists yeah. off a couple senses and he says and touch punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also references this mysterious benefactor again, but like every other villain is like not talking about it because why would he? Mm-hmm. Um, and Spidey and Prowler, they're pretty like they're pretty decently matched. Uh, Spidey manages to slam Prowler into a water tower and damages some of Prowler's gear. And like during this, there is a mention of Prowler having a brother that can fix that gear that's getting damaged, which obviously will be important for later. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the fight happens and it's pretty cool. It is. Like, yeah. it's pretty good action. Yeah. I mean, I one reason I wish the Prowler costume looked better is because I think they animate the action of him and I think the ingenuity of this type of character really yeah. well. Like, if they're going to have a tech-heavy... Do, if it's just a dude who is good at using tech and is smart about using tech, they execute that really well. He just like yeah. find it's not even like I found Spider-Man's weak spots. It's just like he just has clever ideas for how to combat Spider-Man and yeah. you know, keep on his toes. So he tries to capture Spider-Man in this like electrified like net cage thing. And Spider-Man uses his webs to pull Prowler in with him while he's doing it. So now they're <laughs> I love that. Both. Yeah, I love that. They're cage both, match. They're literally. <laughs> like literally. And they're both trapped in Prowler's own trap. Yeah. But that water tower. I also love the use of like the environment in this mm-hmm. too. Because that water tower that Prowler was slammed into before damaging it like which would happen the structural damage and these fights exists you can't just slam into a water tower and not expect something bad to happen because it <laughs> breaks open so there's a whole wave of water pouring towards them and guess what this like electrified net cage thing it's electricity water and electricity bad news mm-hmm. so spider-man has to be the one to like insulate his like boots and and gloves with webbing to like insulate it so he could like figure out a way to get them both out of the cage and save both of their lives before they're both electrocuted. Oh man. And you can tell like 
that it's not fully insulating. Like Spider-Man's feeling it. Like he's mm-hmm. still feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, rough. Yep. 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 So with Spider-Man sort of, you know, hold, literally holding Prowler above his head to keep him from getting electrocuted. Uh, Prowler's like, okay, I'll deactivate the cage. Makes sense. Um, yeah. And then ask Spider-Man, like, why did you save me? And like, of course, Spider-Man's like, what kind of question is that? Like, I, it, it's implied yeah. in the hero part of being <laughs> yeah, yeah. a superhero. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that. I, I actually really like that Spider-Man doesn't really know how to answer that question. Like, it's so obvious to him mm-hmm. uh, that he's like, not sure why anyone would ask. Yeah. Um, and, and this, I think, obviously hits Prowler really hard because he's like, well, I can't I can't turn you in now. Like, you literally saved my life. I'm supposed to turn you in for money. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I do live by a code, <laughs> he basically says. But he also admits, like, the payout from the mysterious benefactor would have been really nice. Uh, and now he doesn't really have that option. So he's got to figure something right. out. Spider-Man asks him questions about that benefactor again. And now Prowler's like willing to cooperate, mm-hmm. but he doesn't actually know anything. He shares what we saw, which is that his face and his voice were obstructed. They were in a warehouse and nobody there knew who he was. So Spider-Man gets like a little bit of information, but still doesn't get anything about the benefactor's actual identity. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was very interested in this line. Because then Spider-Man lists off, like, basically who the top three suspects would be in this scenario, right? His notorious notorious haters. haters. I love that. Um, Norman Osborn, obviously, which he justifies saying, well, Norman's in jail, so it couldn't be him. Doc Ock, couldn't be him because he's in a coma. And Jackal. uh, All he says for Jackal is, I defeated Jackal. Yeah. I meant to look it up. I know Jackal was last in Spider Island um, multi-parter. What happened to Jackal at the end of that? Ooh, that's a great question. Like, where is he? Because he just says defeated. And I'm like, does that mean, did Jackal, was he, Jackal implied to have died at the end of that? I don't remember. Defeated is a weird word because it does kind of imply death in a cartoon. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I genuinely don't remember. Like, it doesn't matter because we both know who the fuck it really is, but. Right. Well, here's the thing. We gave everybody a warning. We said, if you did, if you, it wasn't obvious to you, finish the four-parter. Yeah. Here's the thing. They don't, still don't reveal it. But we still said that in two weeks, we were going to talk openly about it. Yeah. Um, this is fascinating to me because they clearly went out of their way to have a whole story about Doc Ock at the beginning of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Then have this line where Peter's li- or Spider-Man's like, well, it can't be Doc Ock for this very obvious plausible reason the dude's Mm -hmm. in a coma right like the most plausible reason out of the three yeah um but the fucking voice is just fucking doc ox voice like this was a good idea this was a genuinely good idea this is kind of the thing i was talking about when i was saying what are we doing here with doc ock at the beginning instead of putting some sort of like big elaborate master plan together well they're doing that but they undercut their own mystery. I, I feel like we might have been genuinely curious mm-hmm. as to whether or not this was, in fact, Doc Ock well, if they didn't make the voice so fucking obvious. I think so, too, because I think that there was a I think that it was an intentional move to have this come very soon after the Doc Ock. Yeah. The Doc Ock two parter, because I feel like our feelings knowing 
how television works normally is that sort of like, oh, well, they just finished an arc with Doc Ock. They're not going to then immediately reveal him as the big bad of the very next arc. They oh. wouldn't put him back to back. That would be my thoughts, you know? Yeah. Like, my I, prediction I would... was like so far out in the future. I don't think right. I ever made it on the on the podcast, but like I texted you one night being like, oh shit, I just, I feel like I have a prediction now. I, I don't know what happens, but my prediction is like a superior situation, which wouldn't happen for a long time because Doc Ock is in a coma. You know what I mean? Right. So like... Everything I would have predicted is so far outside the realm of being yeah. the next arc. And some of like, there's like a brief twist in like the next episode or not twist. There's like a brief misdirect in the episode yep. after this that I would have potentially bought or pro possibly been thinking about, um, yep. you know, but it's like all of that. It really, it's such a bummer because it really is only the voice part of it that really yeah. fucks it all up. Cause Norman, I would have yeah. believed that Norman could have been doing this from prison and this would have been the return of Norman, you know? Well, we literally believed... see the prison. Right. So why right. not? You know? Right. You know, I could, I could believe cause I, like I said, literally don't even remember what happened to Jackal at the end of Spider Island. Sure. So I could have believed back. it was Jackal again. Yeah. You know? Um, like all of these things would have been viable. It really is just like the obviousness of the fucking voice. It's yeah. such a bummer. It is because even yeah. if, it, it, even if we, had Doc Ock on our board as a possibility, but couldn't explain why all of this is enough for me never to feel hundred percent confident. Like they yeah. did a good job. They did a good job yeah. story wise, but the direction to have him read those lines and not obscure it a hundred percent bad choice, just really disappointing choice. Yep. Yep. Uh huh. It's really frustrating. Um, I mean the mm -hmm. one, the one thing that, I am a little bit happy about, I guess, is that if this had been incredibly well constructed and we when we were like totally unsure, I it still would have been spoiled in the Disney Plus synopsis for the episode after this four parter. And I would have been well, real mad if they set up an incredible mystery and it got spoiled for me personally just because I happened to look ahead Ooh. one episode and see it you know yeah so at least like i didn't have to be bothered so by that because it was already obvious anyway <laughs> like that's obviously yeah. the most meta God, reason just... imaginable but you know <laughs> everything yeah everything is so like kind think of, of all the this. things they could have done yep Ugh. like he's in a coma they could have had him at horizon high still being cared for you know mm -hmm. like you could have oh, shown man. him every once in a while scott menville doesn't even have to come in you yeah. know, like there's so many things they could have done to reinforce this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know what bummer, they could. Oh, bummer, my God. Bummer. This is. I this mean, is like what I will say we we could predict. But like mm. what I will say is we still don't know how. Right. Like the how of it all has not been made obvious. I think we could probably guess in the same way that we have been able to guess a few things this season. Right. Um, but I'm still not 100 percent sure on like the details of it. Sure. We just know I mean, that he was at one point harnessing psychic powers and is now in a coma. So I'm yeah. guessing has something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we haven't seen him physically. Right. So I'm sure that it's like you're communicating yeah. through technology or something like that. Like I can I can see all the potential there. I'm still ex I'm still excited to see how that's going to unfold, even generally anticipating yeah. how it's going to work. You know, it's just I wish the lead up to it was better. <laughs> yep. Yep. Do my boy better than this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now that we've gotten that out of the way. 
Uh, Spider-Man asks Prowler how he got wrapped up in the hunt for Spider-Man. And Prowler shares that he botched a job. And so he owes somebody money. And that somebody is very dangerous and holding his brother for ransom. Um, And it turns out that tonight is the night that he needs to turn that in. Like tonight is the deadline. Um, So he was really hoping to bag Spider-Man right then and there. (laughs) Um, And he doesn't really say much more than that. He throws down a a smoke screen and, and ditches Spider-Man and says like, all right, I'm going to take care of business a different way. I'll figure it out. And then poof. Yep. 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 Um, Spidey also gets a text from Gwen saying like, sorry, Peter, I can't wait any longer. Uh, I don't love this. Love this so much. I know it's like not a big deal in this story. Like this part of the story doesn't really matter. And isn't that interesting, Mm -hmm. but just the idea that Peter's getting text message updates from a character off screen that's Mm -hmm. impacting or being impacted by what he's doing on screen feels very spectacular. (laughs) Oh, it does. I mean, it does, but also I like that the way this is all sort of, you know, interweave. Cause like, obviously the whole arc is Peter has a school project he's trying to do, but like, I like that. It's not just vague. Like, I've got to get home to work on my project. It is very particular. I need a battery mm-hmm. for my project. I'm on my way to get a battery for my project because of this battle. I wasn't able to get that battery for my project that I do get a battery for my project at the end of this episode that then plays into the next episode. Right. So it's like, I, I, that, yeah. that, at, which I don't feel like we saw as much in the first two parts of this arc. Cause it was, I feel like the first two are very much like, it was just a vague school project he's working on. And then like yeah. part three and four feels very intentionally written to have each a stepping stone for his project with each yeah. villain that he fights, which is pretty clever. Yeah, I really like the way this is all constructed. I liked it in the first two episodes. I still like it here in the third one. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the fourth one and how we feel about it next week. But I, I really like this. I love this. We talked about it, I think, last week. Just it's such a good premise, mm-hmm. you know? He's Spider-Man and he can't like he, he has the fastest way to get around town, but he can't actually do it because if he does it, people will see him and attack him. <laughs> like right. it's so good. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very smart. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, this does mean he has a free night because, you know, he was gonna meet up with mm-hmm. Gwen and work mm-hmm. on his project with that battery. And he's like, Well, I don't know the battery, so I can't can't really work on my project right now. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I guess I'll investigate the prowler situation. <laughs> Yep. So uh, he ends up at a rooftop mansion where Spider-Man catches up with Prowler, who's breaking in. Uh, so after Spider-Man refuses to heed Prowler's warnings to not get involved, of course, uh, Prowler gives him the download. This person keeping his brother is Silvermane, which obviously is a name that raises flags for us. Uh, Silvermane mm-hmm. is a mob boss that he describes as as powerful as he is crazy. Um, it turns out that Prowler's botched job was actually him walking away from a job because completing it would require him to kill someone in the process. So it very clearly establishes this Prowler's a thief, but he's not a murderer. He's got a line. I mean, this is it's a it's a classic it's a classic villain with an honor code that could have the potential to, you know, uh, yeah. to turn to the side of good, which is like he- the whole arc for Prowler in this episode. Classic Prowler stuff, too. So, yeah, I, I like how that yeah. how that is executed. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. 
So they arrive at the center of the mansion. They find Prowler's brother tied up in a chair, just sitting in the center of this mansion tied up. I find that kind of funny. <laughs> He's not like locked in a yeah. room or anything. He's just in the it, literally the center of this entire gigantic mansion. That's it, it's yeah. almost like set up like a hotel, right? Like where it's like a, like a yeah. Like a, like it's almost like he's in like um he's not exactly in an atrium but like it's kind of that setup right where it's sort of this big circular kind of. room and you see all these columns with like stories of jo- of like of of circular hallways with tons of rooms like it doesn't look like a mansion it looks like a fucking hotel and and this dude is yeah. just tied up in the middle of it it's just so funny like why didn't they put him in one of those rooms up there where it would have been harder well. to get to him or find him. <laughs> I think the fact that he's out in the middle of the room, highly <laughs> visible, is intentional, probably. Sure. I don't think they make that explicit, but I think that's probably the case, right? Oh, I guess that makes... No, it's kind of a trap. That's like actually a good point. I think okay. Silvermane wants wants Abraham to be found. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's just so funny. It's to still a that. funny image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Silvermane and his men, they're there. They're like, hey, Prowler, what's up? <laughs> yep, we're, we're, we're just gonna shoot and kill you now. Uh, Silverman, Silverman's like, I wasn't expecting Spider-Man, and Prowler was like, Uh, well, actually, I brought Spider-Man to you to repay my debt. Ooh. Uh, and he's actually fooled everyone in the room. It works, so he's able to take out. Uh, with with this distraction, essentially, he's able to take out all of Silverman's men with electrified darts, like all at once. Yeah. I like this because Spider-Man's not in on the plan. Yeah. So Spider-Man's like, man, I really thought that I was getting through to you. And it like, mm-hmm. it, it, it works like as an mm-hmm. emotional moment for Spider-Man because he doesn't know. And technically the audience doesn't know if, you know, Prowler's telling the truth or not. So I really mm-hmm. like that they did that. I really love that Spider-Man was not in on it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, his brother is disappointed in him, too. Like, it's a really good moment. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part of it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's actually really smart. Um, it, it's fun. Yeah, they really do pack an entire character arc for Prowler in this, like, 11-minute segment. It's actually really well mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and flesh it all out really well. Well, we all kind of expected this, right? I remember when we were watching um, – we watched, we watched this episode – together for the first time on discord live watch and like as soon yeah. as silvermane as soon as silvermane showed up like i feel like you're both like okay so this is just old man silvermane or is this like cyborg silvermane um yep. and it turns out it's both they they get to have yeah, the cake yep. and eat it too because he shows up as an old man and then guess what he's like i got no men to fight worry that's fine i've got a whole mech body <laughs> like whatever um mm-hmm. and he's like his robe just like sh- sheds off of him and reveals this whole like cyborg like, I mean, it's exactly like what you expect from the comics. Very similar to the Spider-Man, spectacular Spider-Man version as well. Yeah. Um, really, the only difference that I like is that, like, his eyes also glow like a light blue as well, implying that, like, even in, like, yeah. his his skull, he's also, like, a cyborg and ro- robotic there, too. Um, yeah, I do like that. I usually am not, like, I don't know that there's any, like, Silvermane design that I'm like, yeah, sure. but I do like when something stands out and the eye thing is perfect. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's always a funny design because the whole idea of it is that it's like an old man's head on a giant robot body. Yep. And like, that's never going to be cool. It's always going to be funny no. and weird. But I don't, I mean, I think as long as it's like understood that it's not really cool, that's like, it's fine with me. And I, I think this version works yeah. for me. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, obviously he's a big mech guy, mech guy, so he can fight Spider-Man and Prowler pretty well. Uh, Prowler's brother is able to escape, and it doesn't help that Spider-Man's exhausted by like not having really slept for the last forty-eight hours and fighting villains constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's not going amazingly for the good guys uh, until Spider-Man recalls his earlier fight with the Prowler, prompting Prowler to be like, "Oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> water and electricity." So Prowler readies an electrified dart. Spidey tricks Silvermane into activating the sprinkler system, um, which again, very hotel like here in this building that there's a sprinkler system and Prowler hits Silvermane with that dart, essentially shutting him down by electrocuting him in the water. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, that's all it really took. He's just sort of like out of commission. So shortly after Prowler and Spider-Man talk about the unexpected events of the day, uh, Spider-Man tells Prowler, he thinks that Prowler would make a really good hero which Prowler doesn't really respond to. Um, Instead, he just tosses Spider-Man a battery, uh, explaining that he heard Spider-Man mumbling about it during their fight. And uh, he owes Spider-Man because Spider-Man saved him multiple times. So this is an attempt to to even things out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So Spider-Man thwips off saying he needs to finish his science project, which leaves the two brothers surprised, presumably by his age. I don't know how old Hobie and Abraham are supposed to be, um, but they certainly weren't expecting Spider-Man to be a teenager, which is pretty classic. Mm. Um, And then that's it. We get another to be continued and that's the end of the episode. Yep. Yep. Prowler and his brother go out to get some drinks. Like I hear Madam Webb makes marvelous margaritas and have a uh, hang out there so yeah you simply must after a kidnapping you know yeah yeah and a battle with an old man cyborg yeah yeah yep (laughs) that would do it that would do it (laughs) yeah well face of the episode uh i love what you pulled for this yeah it's all the faces in the warehouse baby of course nothing compares also almost every main character in this episode is masked or Silvermane. So, like, no one's making fun faces mm. that we can grab, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. shout out to... Or, yeah, like, Jack-O-Lantern's mask, too. So, shout out to the uh, the goblins, wolves, uh, swamp things, fishmen, and ghosts, and all yeah. sorts of oh. other Halloween creatures. Yeah. I never even noticed the fishmen before. I love that. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. It's good. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. This, this is a really fun one. I, I enjoy this one a lot. It's, I mean, you know, I hate Prowler costume, but like he's written really well. I think this is actually, I mean, both of them, both segments are, are, are written and executed really well. Um, yeah. I think that it really showcases how much like st- story that they can pack into these like short little mini mm-hmm. stories. Like, again, I mean, not to just like restate everything we said, but I do think when you look at both of them, it's sort of like both Prowler and Jack-O-Lantern, they're not like fleshed out, but like, you know, everything you need to know about them for this episode. They both have a clear motivation. Like they both have something unique about them to make it, make them stick out. And in the case of Prowler, he literally gets a character arc, which like, honestly, like he gets more of a character arc than like some of the like recurring supporting cast members on this show have gotten, you know? Um, Oh yeah. Like, you know, we see it in a very condensed fashion and it's nothing like groundbreaking, but it's like, it's still cool to see it in an episode that I, mean, I was going into it, not expecting there to be much of any depth just because it's sort of like, yeah, Spider-Man's fighting fun villains. Who's the fun villain we'll see this time. Yeah. So the fact that they're able to still execute these little like well-crafted little mini character stories inside of it is really, it's, it's, it, it, it makes me feel very optimistic about the show going forward, you know, after yeah. 
some rocky stuff this season, it does feel like they found a really interesting a really interesting direction to go in. I'm sure that like after this arc, it's kind of going to be back more back to normal, but yeah. the fact that they've tried experimenting in this way and can, and like deliver in some ways, like better written, like episodes than they have in the past. Yeah. Like I find that really fascinating. I think so. I think they're, they're definitely better written than some of the ones this season, like notably so. Mm-hmm. And I think this one, this part three, I think is better than the previous week. I think part one and three so far have really like yeah, shined. Yes. I think they're so tight, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's a, you know, I don't know how much we talk about the tightness of the storytelling in this, in this show kind of like ebbs and flows and is never really, you know, getting too high marks in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, I'm looking forward to to concluding this one. Uh, Cause I, yeah. it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to reflect on the whole four parter as a whole. Uh, but as oh, it stands yeah. really like this one a lot. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, <laughs> Folks, checking out our Patreon uh, over at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. Uh, we have tons of bonus episodes over there, most of which are available for just a buck a month, uh, including all sorts of spider bites about uh, comics, video games, uh, movie trailers, uh, and all, all kinds of other sundry things. Um, and check out our Discord. There should be a link in the show notes. Uh, you can chat with other listeners of the show about all kinds of things. Today, it was blowing up because there was some news about the previously named uh, Spider-Man freshman year cartoon. So um, that's that's is, just one of the things that's going off. What is it name? What do they rename it? Uh, your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, uh, okay. That's a good name for a show. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 And, I'm optimistic. And, yeah, I'm optimistic too. And the other thing we do on our, our Discord is like live watches, which dropped in this episode. And like... Yeah, we like if you wanted to have watched parts three and four, we watched them together for the first time on Discord. So if you want to potentially experience our first impressions of the episodes <laughs> that we're covering them <laughs> before we cover them, like in real time, um, keep an eye out for those live watches and join us and, you know, and comment on it as you see us commenting and being shocked by Jack O'Lantern's um, amazing laugh yep. <laughs> in real time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you can find us doing all sorts of things in addition to those watch-alongs all over the internet. Derek, where can we find you and the things that you are working on? Sure, you can find me on Twitter is probably where I'm still most active at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on other platforms under that name or Dare Bear, Mr. Dare Bear. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which is a glitter jaw podcast that I do with my co-host David, where we look at the high concept experimental structure breaking gimmicky episodes of television. Of course, find that anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can find my Twitch at Mr. Dare Bear, where I will occasionally stream VHS recordings of old television airings with the the original commercials what about you doug you can find me all over the place at icky bully i-c-k-y-b-o-o-l-e-y um i'm looking for bandmates in in fortnite now that it's a music game <laughs> i need i need to i need a band so find me on fortnite um anyway wow. uh you wow. can also <laughs> listen to me on a glitter jaw show uh called novel gaming which is a video game podcast so you know okay. i just i gotta be up to date on things uh that are sure. video games right uh, that's a show where my uh, friend Katie and I catch up on all the books and video games and sometimes other pop media, pop media, pop culture, 
media and media stuff, whatever, short-circuiting, all the stuff we've been consuming lately. Uh, Speaking of Glitterjaw, if you'd like to find other queer creators who talk about media, check out the Glitterjaw Queer Podcast Collective at Glitterjaw.com. That includes our new monthly podcast, Screonk, a Godzilla movie marathon. That's one where Derek and I are stomping through Godzilla's filmography, and our episode on 1984's The Return of Godzilla is out now. Visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod. You can also email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please, please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms, especially for Screonk since it's a new show. Those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find when folks are searching things like Spider-Man or Godzilla uh, in their podcast player. And next week, you'll never believe this. The bad guys finish getting Broughton in Bring on the Bad Guys Part 4. How'd you get it in one more time? (laughs) See you you then. Bye. Welcome to what? Whoa, I feel like I just screamed that.